You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. And we are live uh, here on the Wrestling Rewind. Um, of course, Twitch, YouTube events. Thank you, YouTube, for changing the way you stream. <laughs> and Periscope. Thank you for everyone who has joined us uh, today. We have a fantastic show lined up. We really, really do. So if you guys are watching us on any of those platforms, get in the chat. We'll be able to read it and we'll be able to uh, get your thoughts on what might be one of my favorite wrestling shows of all time, Dave. Um, really? This, oh, yeah. But this was from like this one is like I remember when it happened. I remember getting the tape and I remember watching it um, as a kid. So this thing has a lot of good memories for me. Now it's it has a lot of filler. A lot, I, I, a little, a little bit of filler actually. Yeah. I enjoyed a lot of the filler. So I enjoyed this. So I'm going to start this off the way I always do. Did you see this show before, Dave? No. Uh, the, today actually was my first time that I have completely watched this show. Okay. I don't think I had seen a single match from it. So another thing, I have notes. All right. I have not, so I focused on two things in this. I focused in my favorite science and oh my God, this was a signy show. So many signs, <laughs> right? Uh, I, I have five from the beginning of the actual intro. Right. That's how many signs there were. Wow. And then I also have a whole section dedicated to Road Dog which I will read out <laughs> dramatically. Um, so look, I, I, had, I had a great time watching this. It was super fun. Well, I went speaking back... of great times, it's a great day for wrestling, everybody. Welcome back yeah. to the only uh, show hosted by people that don't hate wrestling. Because we don't watch modern wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> don't put it. We watch some. We watch some. But uh, we're not going to make the mistake of talking about it first this time. No, no, we're actually going to well, We're going to cover the review for once. Exactly. And then, because that's what we're going to do. So we're swapping the days we're doing the show. It's got, it's going to be on Thursdays. Uh, we just don't know at what time. It'll probably be around this time. Um, but we're also going to swap the format where we handle a review of the past show first and then talk about the modern stuff so we don't get all angry and upset and actually finish the show for the Phoenix <laughs> fan people because we always end up going into overtime. I know. I feel bad for them. They're probably, they're probably like, what's, what else happened? <laughs> well, they, they told be, us about all the current stuff. Where's the review? So they should be here, you know, joining us. That's Absolutely. So, okay. So I'm, we're going to, so this show uh, was in the 22nd of August, 1999. A totally yes. different world. There was oh, no, yes. no plague. Um, everyone was happy. Uh, you know, you could travel to America without being upset. Stone Cold Steve Austin was the champion. Triple mm -hmm. H was was being fantastic. It was a great world, you know. I I miss nineteen ninety nine um, in a lot of ways, but also it had probably the beginning of the best run of wrestling ever. We we were kind of teasing this for a while. This show kicks off a lot, like mm. so much that would start affecting the product for probably the next two or three years. That's why it's so important going back and watching it. So what I'll do is, as we're going through, I'll try to elaborate what came out of this and some of the important stuff that we'd have going forward. But uh, as a show, I enjoyed most of it. <laughs> I already know the show, the match you don't like. Um, 
but it had some filler and a lot more filler than I kind of remembered having. But overall, it was it was pretty decent. Uh, and this came from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and Jesse the Body Ventura was the special guest referee, yeah, and and the enforcer because he was the governor at this point of Minnesota. So, um, yeah, fair play to him. Um, you know, it was it, it, this had a lot of things in this um, that went over my head in some ways as a child. When I was watching this again, I'm like, oh, well, okay. So the way we're going to do this day, we're going to go through it uh, match by match. But we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to talk about the intro show, right? So this was, a, as I said, a very, very signy pay-per-view. It had more signs than I think I've ever seen. in, And this is Saints over the Attitude Era. So I'm going to read some here. And forgive me for some of the listeners who may be checking this out, but we're past the watershed, so it's fine. Um, mm, so the mm. first one that I that I that I uh, wrote down because it made an impact on me. Big Show, fat bastard. Elliot, blows sheep. Laura, ruined our summer. I'm as hard as the rock. White trash with a sign pointing to himself. Mm. And they were all just before the match started. Just so, before it started, that's this, just... This is just as it was panning, and I'm like, what is going on? So, you know, to be fair, I think the two of them were beside people without wearing... Guys weren't wearing shirts, which Well, is let's like, not judge. Well, I'm not judging. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> this was a different crowd, folks. This was a different time where uh, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people were taking substances that, you know would would inhibit your, your driving ability um so we started off with um jeff jarrett with deborah and dilo brown okay. now this was important because deborah was more over than jeff jarrett but jeff jarrett was super over and dilo brown was was really kind of coming into his own king on commentary <laughs> he was so creepy you know it's like you probably should go see a therapist or get a restraining order because kept doing this thing where he'd whistle at Deborah for the puppies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he did. I'm like, man, please stop doing this. It's I'm uncomfortable. And it's just like, you know, can we cancel Jerry King Lawler for, you know, now, you know, obviously I'm being facetious, but I, it's like, I, I'm very, I don't think you can retroactively do that. I think that's what we actually fight against Dara. I know. I, I this is what I'm saying. Like, I it creeped me out, man. <laughs> it's like, please stop paraphernalia. Like you're you're going across the line, and yeah, obviously, you know, cancel culture is is not a good thing. But damn, King deserves it. <laughs> he really does from being a perv. Right? It's so it's so uncomfortable. So when I was watching the show, I was just like, please, just can we not? Like, can, can you leave her alone? But and the worst part about it is, like, the crowd were obviously into it and they were pandering towards it, but they couldn't even hear King. I think if he was going to do something like this, having a live mic would have been better for this to kind of get the crowd going to it. But just for the crowd at home, because uh, JR isn't biting, it just comes off really, really, like, really sleazy, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, it's... Yeah. A little bit sleazy. A little bit, yeah. It's it's something else. But I did love Jeff Jarrett. This is my favorite Jeff Jarrett time. My favorite period with Jeff Jarrett until he goes to TNA. 
Um, <laughs> this is he's. I gotta tell you, man, he moves around the ring so well, so effectively. He's got a great character. He's got a great character. Great character. Now, okay, okay, great in the pejorative sense. Like we we don't support his character because okay, his, his character, <laughs> okay. We, we can qualify. Yeah, his character is a is like an uber yeah. heel. You know, I just like, mean in the sense that he's really a character. Like oh, yeah. He really embraces it, and we don't he, always see that. So that, he, that, that's what I like about it. He goes so full tilt. And remember, like, we'd only have Jeff Jarrett in the WDB for, like, two more months. He's gone, after, you know, before November. Um, right. And he's off to WCW to do nothing. Um, but I know he wins championships and stuff, but, yeah, didn't matter at that point. 2000 uh, WCW is not something you want to talk about, but um, right, I I don't know, man. I think he should have stayed in WWE at this point. You know what he was doing was so good. Um, it was really over. Like you know, people were absolutely they kind of cheered and hate him at the same time. Like they cheered him so much because he was so over. But then when he was able to turn that uber heel on, Deborah really really helped him doing it. Um. And D'Lo Brown, the pop he got when he brought out Deborah, um, was unbelievable. But what was interesting about this was this was for the Euro Continental Championship, right? So this is what D'Lo Brown would do, where he'd have the both belts and he'd yes. call himself that, which yes. was a really cool idea. Um, it, Jeff Jarrett would end up winning both because of basically outside interference from Mark Henry. Mark Henry would end up having the Euro, yeah. yeah, he'd end up having the European belt, and there would be that kind of feud back and forward for about a, for about like couple two or three months. I uh, was not expecting, I was not expecting D'Lo Brown to take that guitar shot. I thought that D'Lo and Mark Henry were on the same side. The last pay per view I watched, they were, and that was the point of it. This is oh, so this this was a turn. Yeah, this was a turn. Yeah, this was Mark Henry's big heel turn. Now it would be undone because he'd become sexual chocolate again. And he'd end up having relations with Mae Young, and they'd have uh, they'd give birth to a hand son. Um, that is yes. their their son is a hand. That was the son is what, a hand. Yes, yeah, that's what happened. I'd be very uh, upset if a hand popped out for me one day. <laughs> but that's that was that was you know that's where that this led to. So, oh, a really good way to start the show. Um, inoffensive, except for King's commentary. And uh, yeah, man, um, a, a really, really fun little, really fun little, uh, just going to get rid of that, sorry, a really fun way to, to kick things off. So from there, we had something that I actually kind of forgot was a thing. And this is the tag team turmoil match. Now, I don't remember the last time we had a tag team turmoil match. It's kind of like a scramble or gauntlet match where two teams start off and then they kind of go through. So the teams involved with this were Edge and Christian, the new brood, Midian and Viscera, my boy Midian. Draws Prince Albert, the Acolytes, and the Holly Cousins. And the Acolytes would end up walking away with this um, to be the number one contenders for the belts. But this was the first time or the origin of the mm-hmm. Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, and Edge and Christian feud. This was the beginning of it in earnest. It would amp up all the way to No Mercy 1998, which we'll talk about probably in a couple of weeks. And that's when you get the ladder match. So Mm -hmm. this kind of throwaway filler match, the impact of it is huge. You you start getting the breakaway of the Acolytes. They become the APA because obviously the ministry ministry uh, split up. 
Um, the Holly cousins, obviously, they end up doing the hardcore thing. Midian and Viscera become Midian and Viscera. And uh, draws and Prince Albert, obviously, um, you know, what happens with them happens with them. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it's 16 minutes. It was way longer than I thought it was, but it wasn't uh, anything to write home about. It was more just kind of like a functional match more than anything else. Al Snow defeated the big boss. Now, before we get to that, Yep. There was a promo. One of my favorite all-time promos, Dave. Oh, my gosh. Just the location that Jericho cut this right. promo from. So yeah, it was on the line. Yes. Yeah. Yes. See, this is what I miss about having physical sets. Well, not just that. Music. How about the combination there? It's He's doing it on the Lion's Den, and he was the Lion Tamer, you know, the oh. Lionheart, Chris Jericho. So I even appreciate oh, the whole context of everything fair yeah i didn't even realize that but i loved his promo his promo was unbelievable um i this is my favorite incarnation of jericho from his debut up until you know he, he ends up leaving uh for a little while and comes back and reinvents himself um this is great you know coming out to road dog i love the fact that road dog just shows up and he's like hey i'm gonna do commentary because I'm not in this match. So, you know, you never see that nowadays. You never see... Here's one thing that this whole this whole segment says to me. We're watching a show that's alive. Mm-hmm. We're getting... We're watching wrestling, but it's not wrestling. We're watching this crazy place where these people have matches for some reason, but there's stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the Attitude Era feels like to me, and that's one thing I probably wasn't able to articulate as a kid, and other people maybe at the time because you were caught up in it, but that's what was so fun about it. Stuff was happening and you were getting peaks at it. You were getting, so everything kind of felt live, like in this match alone they go backstage and instead of nobody being there there's some random guy on a crutch <laughs> just walking around there's like the blue, the blue Meanie and Stephen Richards are there you know, it it, it's a f- whole thing compared to just, oh, we'll do a backstage segment and nobody's there. Uh, I, I do you know. miss that. I miss the little cameos of people that you see, even if it was a, well, we say NXT now, and that has a whole different connotation to it. But even mm-hmm. if it was a developmental talent that we knew was there, but was yeah. in OVW or something, and you'd it's... see them backstage, you'd get excited. Or say they were in Philadelphia for, uh, filming the show, and I'd see a local talent that they were bringing in as like maybe a, dark match job or something I'd be like, mm. oh, i know that person but see that's great because uh, you know it's i know i think wwe maybe this is it wwe went from being this sideshow oddity that mm-hmm. had matches to being a wrestling promotion okay purely by accident almost right where the wrestling yeah where the wrestling took over but vince doesn't understand really what wrestling is or what what people what they actually want and maybe that's what the disconnect is because i have a question do you think that vince at some point failed his way into success i think so i think so. there are moments during the attitude era and especially what we've been watching where i'm like how did they survive yeah, and it's like he, they just they did the wrong thing, but the wrong thing is what got the attention, and everybody absolutely, absolutely, like that's it. I think the, the more they went and kind of did the right the right thing, it right. started failing because people like this. Like 
this show, there is not one match on the card that's a technical classic, right? In reality, they're all about two and a half stars, right? But right. they're really enjoyable. It's an extremely enjoyable show. And, it you're, is. and you're just sitting there going, how? How? Right? And I think that's what it is. I think Vince failed his way into success. Or looked his I, way into I, it. I would not put it past him. I know, but I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing either necessarily. It's kind of a funny thing when you think about it. But oh, absolutely. But now by course correcting mm-hmm. to go back to you know a more kind of real pure wrestling content, that's not what people want because all no. the fun, all the it's so sterile. All the fun has kind of gone out of it. And you know, even with this, um, even with this redemption thing that we've been seeing, right? It's so lame. We're talking about we're talking about current, right? As we're talking about yeah, we're talking. It's so yeah, lame, yeah, right? Because yeah. because like okay, right. Imagine you did this in the edge there, right? You'd be seeing segments all night. You would probably know who's in it, or you'd see one of the lower the lower tier guys get battered, right? Oh, who did that, right? It would feel like an actual thing. Now it just feels like a segment on a TV show. I understand completely what you mean. And there's a certain sense of surprise that we've lost because we are in this special situation. So it's kind of hard to sneak somebody in. You know, people have to be tested and everything. So I feel Mm. like there's a certain bringing in like a random star or a random celebrity and it's a secret. I don't think that's possible right now. And the Attitude Era thrived on things like that. Well, not even that. It's more like... Nothing on the attitude era felt like forced. It never felt like it okay. was. It never Not felt like, like the guest, uh, yeah, the guest like, raw GM of the week, like we did. Yeah, I think it was maybe what 2003, 2002 when it started to lose its way. Um, but it was just this weird kind of thing where you're just like, oh, this is the it's like Sesame Street or you know, whatever. Whoever came into Sesame Street was on okay. Sesame Street, right. Okay. They were just, you know, Mark Hamill shows up. The rock, right. you know, they're right. there, right? And they would just, it's just the way it is. Now, when someone shows up, it's like, what are you doing here? Like, this doesn't feel right, you know? But in the attitude era, it felt right. Anyone could show up and it'd just be like, oh, hey, let's go do things. You know what I mean? Because they were kind of buy into it and it had that kind of, it's what we talked about, where there's no identity at all. Like, WDB has no identity. In this point, they did. And Nutton screams more where they were confident enough to have the set design. They were confident enough to have the stars go out and cut these promos. Everyone, even Road Dog, like he just showed up and had probably one of my favorite performances of his career. Well, um, and I love that he didn't even do it in the full DX garb. Yeah, he, he was just showed up in up. a Tommy Hilfiger shirt, which is so nineties. <laughs> and a, and a, and a, such a nineties look. And a fanny pack. Oh, well, the fanny pack's a classic. I, yeah. I'll still rock a fanny pack if I can. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, I love the fact that he has the microphone and he's, you know, he starts off and then goes off and walks around and oh, he has yeah. some great lines. So the, the promo itself. So let's talk about the promo, right? Um, let's see. Oh, sorry. Some signs I forgot. Jericho oh, is my mum. Jericho and my, is my mum. And my favorite <laughs> sign. And my favorite sign of the night. Put your signs down, clones. So obviously he didn't like science, this this gentleman. So okay. okay. So here's right. So here's some of my favorite road dog lines from the promo. 
or just of the night in general. Why don't you shut up, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's wrong. It's so wrong. It's so but there's wrong. so much of this that I'm going to say. I mean, just wait till we get to the Tory and Ivory segment, and I tell you oh, how much I love yeah. everything about it. So yeah, try, yeah, yeah. I'm going to let you have this. Yeah, I'm going to give you. That's. I was hoping that was the one you were going to talk about. I'm going to give you the floor. Yeah, I'm all for it. Talk about that. <laughs> okay, so that's it. Okay. All right. So he finishes the promo, right? So that's how he starts the promo. This is how he finishes it. I'm kind of scared to say this because I'm a little worried you'll take me up on it, but I got two words for you. It's so wrong. It's so wrong. It's so wrong, but it's so right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. So, right. okay, hold on. Oh, and then there's a, another good line in the match. Um, there's, a, there's a drunk saying, give it to him. I'm not quite sure what he means. <laughs> it's just like, oh man. So just these yeah, like these just childish references and like stuff that just couldn't fly now. Like if any of those lines were said, you know, there would be offense across the board, right? And it's like you can't have these funny little moments in wrestling now. And it's it's kind of a bummer, you know. It's like everyone's so afraid about offending everybody. Instead right. of just been like yeah, it's it's so silly and ridiculous, but everyone's having fun, you know, and that's kind of what it felt like. But th- that's the difference. With Road Dog, I was like, it's funny. With King, you're like, this is morally reprehensible, you know. Has, like, that, well, because you have the feeling that Road Dog's playing a character. Absolutely. You know, that, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 different. Yeah, it's totally different. Like with Road Dog, you're like, but King not. is playing a character, so should we forgive him? I don't. I don't, I don't think so, man. Because like last month he was campaigning as being a mayor, so it's like, which is it? Is he real or is he not? You know. Um, but yeah, so I really enjoyed. I thought that was fantastic. But the match itself, this is my favorite Al Snow Big Boss Man match, and that's that's actually saying something because these guys have the best hardcore matches. And oh. even goodness yeah. just the start of it okay Absolutely. so i don't know why the theme of the night was forklifts i have no idea i don't know why they were everywhere but they were all around the entrance that's what yep. they went with and watching al snow climb up and that's not a small drop by the way no, that's a probably, big drop yeah maybe 15 feet i mean i'm yep. not i don't want to like exaggerate and be like 30 feet in the air like jr would but i mean a, a decent 15 foot drop onto no padding whatsoever no just on the he, boss just, he just hides there yep. and waits for the lights to go down and boss man to enter i absolutely love that i love the continuity of this match as well where like so so they fight and then they go proper backstage they don't even enter mm. and um then boss man's like uh sorry i was like okay i'm just gonna go and follow them so he does and he goes oh look at this cool f- stick i found and he picks up the nightstick and puts it in his pants and you know starts calling the match and it's like amazing because that's how the match ends by using the ice stick. And you're like, it's brilliant. You know, it's such a small little touch that if you weren't watching the match, you'd miss a throwaway line. But if you were, you're like, oh, that's where he got the stick from. So they go all over the place. I love it. You know, again, this is my first real experience of it as a kid that I can actually remember watching it live and going, why are they outside during daytime? This is weird. It's yep. one in the morning, you know, or it was one in the morning when this was recorded. Yeah, um, for you. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And it was the first time that I, I can actually remember that happening, like very clearly, where mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, time zones are a thing. So um, that was cool to kind of see it. And it's weird, like the the vibe of this felt like 
Here Comes the Pain would a couple of years later, another game, mm. where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is the vibe they were going for. They were just, what, like six years too late? Um, but I loved it. It was wild. So my favourite part of it is when they go to the bar. Go, they, going to the bar was great. They go to the bar. And then, the there's some, and then there's some lad just standing there in a Black Label Society shirt. <laughs> and he gives them his chain wallet. But it's the most obnoxious. As someone who wears a chain wallet, this is obno- an obno- obnoxious chain wallet where the chains are this thick. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like, how are you? Where it's not really for security. It somehow became a fashion trend in the 90s. I know it's, yeah. I, I never understood it personally. I was well, in, you know, we were both. We were, we were young when this was a fashion trend. So it's not something that I bought into. But a couple well, grades above me is, is I definitely saw people who dressed like that. The big baggy pants that were jeans. Very bizarre. I remember the big baggy pants that were jeans. That was something that we did actually wear in the early 2000s because, you know, we didn't know better. You know who was ch- happy about that? What? Levi. Yeah. Because they got to sell so much more denim because people wanted baggy pants. Yeah. They cannot be happy in this tight pants era. No, absolutely not. <laughs> But the, the, the chain wallet, I understand. I do it personally for security because it's very hard to rob a wallet when it's attached to you. Um, but yeah, these are obnoxious chains. It was, <laughs> it's like, hell, your pants just not on the ground the whole time. Like, Listen, it's... If 21 years after the fact, two random guys on the internet are complaining about the chain you had on your wallet. There was an issue with the chain on there your was. wallet. Okay? There was an issue with your chain. It was. It, but, it, you know, I did like the fact that they were using... So now, these guys could have been plants. Probably a few of them were. I don't think that guy was because he it was seemed like it. there were less plants than usual. Yeah. Like, there was one guy on a cell phone who seemed really happy and he was in the way of the camera. Yeah, he was just like, oh, hey. I, see, that's what I mean. Even if there were plants... The guys there still had a good time. Like obviously, there were way too many WWE shirts in and around the right, bar. That, that's always a good sign. But, yeah, but yeah. here's the thing: maybe because it was across the road from the event, so maybe they were in getting locked. So it's possible, you know. It, 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 that's what I mean. Though there was there was that element of believability where you're like, yeah, they're probably in there having a couple of points before they go in because that's what you do in Ireland. You drink before the main band comes on, and then you drink after the main band comes on, and then you drink until the blackout um ireland in, in america they don't stop drinking while the band's on just so you know oh yeah fair fair uh, <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know so that was it i was like okay either these guys are plants or it's real or it's a mix but i really appreciate that and i think oh why are we why are we these fans why are these fans that are like oh maybe they're plants maybe they're not does this i don't i don't it doesn't affect it's just it feels, in us and it i just, hate it it just feels more real like right it, it feels like an actual, like, real thing. And that's what I mean. Like, WWE at this point, it wasn't the WWE universe. It was just their own little world that was in our world, but it had its own little rules. And it was fun compared to now, where it's like a WWE universe and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, all this doesn't feel real. It feels so manufactured. Like, it's, you know, two guys right. can go out and have a match that isn't a match, but they're rolling around on the ground, literally, and hitting each other with like pool balls and it we're we're loving it and then you have guys going in who can wrestle like you wouldn't believe and you don't care like that's yeah that's wild man like it's you know i i would watch this match any day of the week over any daniel bryan match isn't that i mean it, that sounds so crazy to say but, but i was true. so impressed by so much in this match like uh 
throwing him through the plastic table and watching the plastic table shatter yes. and going, yes. oh, that's not gimmicked. No, that's, that's, that's sucks. Plastic. Yeah, that you hurts. catch that the wrong way. That's going to mess you yeah. up. Or even just, you know, the beer bottles where you're like, whoa, he's actually cut from the. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you, you can tell the difference between gimmicked and real beer bottles. Uh, yeah. Real ones don't break. Nope. Do not try and hit your friend with a beer bottle. Do it's not a terrible care. idea. Yeah, not a good time. Not a good is time. It, is it weird that this was my second favorite match of the night? Oh, man, this is one of my favorite matches of all time. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this, I, know. I loved it. And that's I, what I mean. Have. I don't no. know. I just, I did. Yeah, it was, it was great. But that's what I mean. Like, they, they had such a great little formula mm-hmm. and a great moment in time. And I don't know what happened <laughs> because it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like Al Stone, Big Boss Man, not the best wrestler in the world. We're two of my favorites, but, you know, not Matt Technicians, but in stretch of it's a hardcore toilet okay. match. Now, you don't you're even... going to you're gonna have to fill me in on something here. Last time I saw Head, yeah. uh, she had a spike in her. Okay, Where so, she so here's what happened. So here's what happened. I got a little so, confused. Okay, so here's what happened in the lore. Okay. Um, this so is Head, canon, guys. This is kind of what this is. Yeah. So kind of, so... Head is gone. Oh. Because the spike went through her head, obviously, and that oh, was it, right? Yeah, so Al Snow was the straw, and then he was given this pupper called Pepper. He got an emotional support animal, is what you're he telling did. me. He oh, did. okay. And this would set up the Kenneth from Hell match. Hmm. So hey, advanced booking. <laughs> exactly. And Even the, when the matches yeah, don't pay off, yeah. at least it's advanced. No, well, it does build, it does build to something. This builds That's what I'm saying. Ken- yeah. I mean, it. Even though, it, and when I say it doesn't pay off, I mean it's it's probably one of the worst matches in history that this pays off with. But at least there's a storyline, and they build to something out of something as simple as getting a chihuahua. Well, see, that's it because everyone has a story. Everything kind of means something, and it's not right. just let's just randomly book this stuff because we have to, um, you know, we have to fill time. It right. was more like you know we're going to tell this right at this point like a five month long story in a feud that is almost a year in the making and it just so ends with a chihuahua called pepper you know but anyway mm-hmm. so you know one of my favorite matches of all time i loved it it was great go I see really, it i really enjoyed it best eight minutes you'll have yeah. watching wrestling and look wwe do this again you know loosen up be a bit more loosey-goosey because it feels more real right it's mm. again i would watch this over any Daniel Bryan match. I would watch this over any Chris Benoit match, any New Japan match, any match period, without with the exception of Triple H, because, you know, <laughs> look how upset he gets. <laughs> I no, remember this thing on the radio, my head has dropped. <laughs> it's just like, I know, but what I mean, like, it's one of my favorite matches, and it's just, when you go back and watch it, you're like, you, you don't, they don't even get in the ring. No, <laughs> you know, that no. says it all. They just do not even get in the ring, and you have a man wearing shorts and a fanny pack running around <laughs> making stupid comments. <laughs> <And> it's brilliant, <laughs> right? Uh, so, big boss yeah. man. Sorry, Al Snow is your new hardcore champion. Yes, he is. So, the floor is yours. Oh, oh the floor is my. Well, we don't need to the give you the whole yours. floor. Let <laughs> me tell you, there was a time when women's wrestling used to be great. Yeah. And yeah. then there wasn't for a while, and now and there is it, again. And now it is again. Yeah. I, Ivory and Tori is a, um, oh my gosh, I don't <laughs> want to touch this with a 39 and a half. Okay, now okay. I, I, I will try, right? So, to okay. set this, Here, so Can I tell you what I loved? 
Okay. And set the scene, though. You have to set the scene. Well, since... the problem is what I love is the setting of the scene. All right, go on. Go on. The match itself, you're, I care not that much about. You, I got to be honest. Okay, you're already there. Okay. Go, on, go on. So listen, Ivory taking the pen, the Sharpie, the marker, whatever you want to call it, to Tori. I'm not going to say what she wrote. You guys go and watch this on the network. I like the, to keep my job. It's the S word. Yeah, that shouldn't be shamed. No. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> so we did that. We did that. Um, and on the back is another S word, yes. which rhymes with shank. Okay, yes. we're close enough. You guys have got it. You guys um, got it. I, okay, um, public service announcements. Public service announcement. I think it is absolutely abhorrible to do anything to somebody while they are, say, knocked out or drunk at a party that you would write on them with a pen or anything along those lines. Okay, that's how David feels in real life. Now we're going to talk about how David feels on this podcast. Oh my gosh, it was fantastic to see her degraded and have those words written across her. It was so real. Now, mind you, I'm not saying I want to see somebody degraded. What I'm saying is it actually gave substance to a match that I wouldn't have cared about. Because nope. that is what real, you know, mean girls did Dude. in high school. Yeah, that's what they, what they do in college. And, and yeah. yeah, exactly. This particularly is real at, life. Particularly and that's at, why I loved it. Particularly at this point in right. the late 90s. You know, right. Not in so much now. Right. 2020, you'd be canceled and fired yep. from your job. Absolutely. In the future, if they found out you ever did this. But this is what was happening in that time period. And I actually, this hit me harder than the NWO spray painting people with NWO. But you I know mean, what it felt really like? This really hit me like, oh, this is a personal attack. And I can relate to this because this really does get done to teenage girls or college age well, girls. Well, to, to put this in context, this was so prevalent that it's actually a video game in The Simpsons. You know, Bart's playing it and it's like, oh, right. S word, S word, the hair, the hair, you know, right. <laughs> uh, you know, so. It, it's, so it's so hard to explain in terms of like modern day context, because I sound like it a can't. horrible misogynist if it I can't. say I love this. But watching this pay-per-view, let's pretend I watched it at the time and didn't watch it this morning. I love the build up. I watched it this morning. Watch it this morning. I just. We spent way too much time on me lauding this and praising this, but oh my goodness gracious, I loved it. Um, after the match, I loved that Ivory was trying to tear off Tori's top and that Luna came out to make the save. Because again, it's that same thing. Like the writing on what happened and this was, you know, in leading up to the match and then after the match to threatening to pull her top off. And so you're teasing the viewers because we're still going with that attitude era, like sense, if you will, but See, this, this gets was, interrupted. This, I just, I love this. I, this. I miss this kind of women's wrestling. And this, there I said it, I do, I miss it. This was still in a time when evening gown matches were a thing. Bra and yeah. panty matches were a thing. Yeah. Uh, this was even before they were in their prime. This was a couple years before they yeah. really took off. Yeah. So. But what I will say is, <laughs> it's it's difficult because this was better than what would come a couple of years later with the talent search. Oh yeah, where they were just, you know. What do you think? It. I want to watch Kelly Kelly versus Alicia Fox, or do I want to watch yeah. this? Or do I, I want to watch this misogynist degradation that at least has a storyline? And that's the point I'm trying to get across to people. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's not PC. Yeah, um, it's really totally not acceptable in today's culture. But at that time, 
it was a fantastic way to build this story. And well, I'm not what, going to it. Well, like, I'm not going to take away from it because well, of that. What I would say is to Did that I praise point, this way too much. No, what I would say to that this as well, like <laughs> there's a kiss my ass match in the, on this show too. Thank you. Perspective. So, Thank you. It, and it involves the rock. Yeah. And, and Mr. S. And, yeah. And the King of the Ring winner. So it's like, yeah, the women got degraded. So did the men. Absolutely. So it, it, in a weird kind of way, it was more equality because it was more kind of real life than anything else. Like, <laughs> did, you just, did you just explain away everything I just said is saying it's a, I love you. You're the best co-host in the world. <laughs> but what I mean is in this time, because honestly, what no, I you're felt, right though. Yeah. Absolutely. What I, what I found more offensive, I'll be honest with you, was King's commentary earlier on because oh, yeah. it was, because it wasn't like he was, you know, he was, it was specifically one-sided. The thing right. And it this, wasn't the females doing it to each other. Absolutely. It yeah. just wasn't. So that's where I'm kind of sitting there going, yeah, like, because of the way the booking was handled, it was, it cut both sides. And that was, yeah. that's why I didn't really find a problem with it. The next match, <laughs> the next match is a sad one for me. Oh, really? I love yeah. this match. So did I. But it's the last pay-per-view appearance of Ken Shamrock and Steve Blackman for a while. Mm, it's Definitely also the last pay-per-view appearance of the Lions then. Of the Lions then too. Mm. So the last appearance of Ken Shamrock, like period. He'd mm. have one he'd have one more match with um You'd imagine TNA at one point, didn't he? Oh no, he, he's still in TNA now. Yeah. But um I mean on WTB, he had one more match on SmackDown with Chris Jericho on a, and that was it. I love Ken Shamrock. I don't think he looks real. He looks like he's CGI'd into the pay-per-view. Like he his does. body doesn't look real. <laughs> yeah, he does. He has that it's weird. Absurd. But, that's what, but even now, like he he looks unaturally like in shape for like he's his absurdly age. Absurdly fit. Absurdly it's unbelievable. Fit. It's, yeah. I, I need to get Ken Shamrock on the podcast. Like <laughs> Just, on... Please, what did you do? Oh, you trained relentlessly your whole life. That's why I don't look at you. Fair enough. <laughs> I can see how that interview would go, Dara. <laughs> no, I'm just like, Ken Shamrock, you're like the best, best wrestler ever. Like, well, you know, everyone should give you praise. But the you also saw me talking about how Ted DiBiase smelled was weird. <laughs> Dara is praising the body of Ken Shamrock. No, hold on. I'm not I'm, the body I of work. He had it. The body of work, shall we say? Mm, of, that's of... not you, you. You, we can say that, but that's definitely not what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to twist this, Dave. I just I... need to get you back from the last segment. No, you, no. You, <laughs> again, you you said that um, Ted DiBiase smelled good, and that's you can't live that down. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm comfortable with that. I said it to his face. Hey, I don't say things behind people's faces. <laughs> I just can't leave that <laughs> but no, what I'm sad about this is because obviously, like you know, having a childhood hero like Ken Shamrock gone right. after this was it was it was weird for me to try and understand them. Like, mm. wait, he just won that match. Where did he go? And he just disappeared, and then he'd show up on TNA like four years later. Right. Um. What did he do in his life? Did he go back into MMA for a little, or for a little bit? Yeah, and then yeah, he just right? kind of, yeah, he just kind of went off for a while. It was, it was strange. Steve I, Black, I, I never understood the story there because, like, like you're saying, like Ken Shamrock, especially now, what as we've been watching this in sequence, mm. I mean, he's got the look, he's got the moves, everything, and the why, why was he not a world champion? Like, what happened? I don't know. That's the thing, and that's why I'm kind of like, I really want to find out because I'm like. Everything that he did, particularly with this build, mm-hmm. built up to something. But it was like once he beat Steve Blackman, 
That was it. Now, I will say, whatever those sticks were, not the kendo sticks, but the regular sticks that they grabbed, I thought that was oh, silly. Yeah, that was... But they did yeah, nothing that, for me. But yeah. I love the callback to last year's Lions Den match. Last yes. year's. The 1998 Lions Den match with Owen when Ken Shamrock jumped off the cage. Mm. and Well, not off, off the side of the off cage. Off the side of it, yeah. And, yeah, hit the forearm. I love that spot. And this whole match, I was waiting for it to happen. You so know, I'm glad that he did that again. You know, you know what they should do? They should actually bring back a Lions Den or something like that for some time because... If this had because for two years in a row, it was like a tradition, and I think that's again something that modern mm. WDB could learn from. It's like, we oh, right, like, yeah, yeah, they we have because, like, on SummerSlam so far, we what we've seen, they had like a silly gimmick match where like a silly simulation match and then a right. line match, and I think that kind of works. But, um, well, hey, let's just wait and see what happens with Raw Underground, man. You never know, the Lions Den may Raw, make a return. Raw Underground should do this, that would be cool, honestly. And you know, heart, you know. Maybe bring in Steve because Steve obviously Ken Shamrock is in TNA. But if you bring in uh, Steve Blackman, yeah, I'm sure those contracts are ironclad. But if you bring in Steve Blackman, imagine that if he was like the GM of Raw Underground. I think Shane's got that locked down. Does he? Yeah, but he could. You know, he'd be like, "Here is our special guest enforcer or something like that." Imagine right. a pop. That would be cool, man. Yeah. That would be cool. So I absolutely, I absolutely love this match as well, and I'm glad that you did. One, one thing that as well, this is like the origin of the kendo stick. Oh, really? Well, in WWE. And Shane had used one earlier in the night on test, so it was yeah. weird to see so much kendo stick action. But this is it. It's because Steve Blackman started, they started bringing in the weapons. Like, okay. Steve Blackman would then bring it with him to the hardcore division. Right. Um, I associate kendo sticks with Steve Blackman first yeah. and foremost. But even to this day, like, kendo sticks are still used, and they feel like, why are you using kendo sticks in wrestling? And this is why <laughs> it's from like yeah. this period. It's 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 actually unbelievable that like twenty, twenty one years later, yeah, <laughs> there's still the impacts of this time period is still being felt. It's unbelievable. Because when you um, think about it, honestly, why are kendo sticks used in professional? Doesn't wrestling? make any sense. It makes then, no sense. But then when you go back, you're like, oh yeah, there were two martial artists who really right. like kendo sticks. I know mm-hmm. people say, oh, but what about what about um Saman? It's like yeah, but that's not WWE. That's well, ECW, right? Um, obviously, <laughs> they pro- they stole them, but it still wasn't uh, the same thing. Can you steal what you technically own? Uh, that's fair. That's a fair point, too. <laughs> that's a fair point, too. Okay, so the next match I watched twice today. It was my favorite match of the night. I it's, said it. it's magnificent. Um, it genuinely it. is magnificent. Um I can't believe we're agreeing on the matches tonight. I'm, yeah, like, I'm no, kind of shocked. I forgot. I forgot Shane did a corkscrew moonsault. Yes. I know. I'm like, oh what? my god, where did he learn that? And <laughs> it was done perfectly. It's like that's well, you know what's, what's crazy is that we're only a year out from Shane hitting a shooting star press at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Like he had, and I'm talking in current times. Like he did that yeah. last year, yeah. and it was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, he didn't connect with it. The guy rolled out of the way. But still, just the fact that he can still pull that off. So to see a young Shane, to see what he was doing. Man, I mean, I'm, oh, I'm telling you, dude. You, that corkscrew you... moonsault was beautiful. The way he, I mean, that signature elbow off the turnbuckle to the commentator time, on the outside. Oh, first time he did it. 
first. That, gonna, this is the first time he did it. Yeah, you're gonna love I what guess. you're gonna love what's coming. The best of Shane McMahon is coming now. Listen, I love Shane McMahon. I don't care what anybody says because you've seen him in recent years. He has always been one of my favorite wrestling characters. And if you think I'm in some weird class of my own that feels that way, go on YouTube. Look up Shane McMahon returns to WWE, and you will find one of the loudest ovations in the history of the company. Well, answer me this: Have you seen his work from 2000 and 2000 to 2001? Um, just his work with Kurt Angle. Right, you are in for a great time. Yeah, because you know that's what I mean. Like this is this is the best period of wrestling. I'm I'm so excited because so, it's I've gotten so used to seeing these guys, and I don't want to jump ahead to the next match because I'm still talking, but. I'm just gonna mention them like Big Show and Undertaker and Kane and and Billy Gunn and Shane and all these guys JBL that I would see later in the mid 2000s and go all right they're okay, but I had missed this portion of 1999 where these guys were coming into their own and they were on fire absolutely and they could move around the ring so nimbly, and that's that's what gets me. What I love about this match as well is just like again it's. Shane is still kind of finding his way. Yes. You know, this is like, this is a good kind of test for, no pun intended, for what would kind of come, like his his signature match would be this basically in different ways with different people. Mm-hmm. But some of the spots in that great. Obviously, you mentioned the the hot, the elbow. The elbow, then, which is now his signature thing. I mean, he did yeah. it off the hell in a cell, I think, last year. <laughs> but, but there's a nasty really. spot where he hits test with the picture of the mainstream posse. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's just like... Oh, that was nasty. And I could not tell for the life of me if that was, I'm going to break in the kayfabe wall here for a second, Mm. guys. I could not tell for the life of me if that was a legitimate glass frame or if that was candy glass like we Mm. usually use. But even if it was, it's still, you know, the 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 sound effect was great. If that was candy glass, the sound was perfect. It shattered perfectly. I love it. I love the the Mean Street Posse being there too. Like you, I don't think you've experienced the Mean Street Posse either. This is my first time actually seeing them on a pay per view because oh, they haven't man. been in a couple. I know of them, obviously. I mean, Pete Gas. How can you not know who he is? But they're, yeah, they're they're great. They're so good. I love I love I love the reemergence of the Stooges. Yeah, I love oh, the Stooges. Great. Yeah, it's I don't great. mind a screwy finish with Shane McMahon matches. I expect them, but I do have an issue here. Mm. Okay, it's it's the concept of this match. <laughs> right now we've <laughs> talked about why the match itself is fantastic um i don't see myself wrestling a match because i don't want my sister to date a guy okay that seems a bit odd now if perhaps i'm interested in a female and another guy is and we have a match to determine who gets the data or she becomes our manager as they would do in later years. So that's a bit more believable to me, but the stipulation being if Shane wins, he's got to stay out of Stephanie's love life. I was like, what? And this is one of the shows where Heath is directly involved in it. That's when this match right. was, was made, which again, we talked saying, about. Yes. Yeah. They got to link Heath with when the pay-per-view click on these pay-per-views. Man. Absolutely. Got to go into the user interface, man. Um, yeah, look. That wasn't it, weird to you, man? Because it struck me as kind of odd. Like, Shane it, it, either leaves him alone or his sister gets to sleep with this wrestler. Like, what? It, it was, but I grew up with it. So I accepted okay. it tw- I accepted it 21 years ago as just being the right. way it was. Well, Don't let's worry. talk about... I've already dug myself a big enough hole, so I'm just going to say, let's talk about 21 years ago. I get the love for Stephanie McMahon now. Right. That's all I need to say. Right. I'm just like... Yeah, she was like, okay. and I think about it is at that point as well. She was like, if you didn't have a crush on Stephanie McMahon, like, 
I don't know. I didn't. Did. I had no idea the crowd loved her that much. Yeah, she, she was used to this authoritarily heel well, older here's woman the thing. stuff. Here's oh, the thing, God. though, right? She was like the sweetheart of the WWE, right? And when yeah, she, she turns the new Miss Elizabeth, basically. And when she turns heel, which we'll see, people go mad. So we'll oh. get to it. We'll get I'm to ex- it. I'm it's excited. One the, it's one of the best heel turns all I'm ever. A- I'm gonna try out my uh, my English my my English terminology here. She was a cute dame back in the day. She sure was. She sure was. Um, yeah, man. Triple H was really lucky, and this is when you know they weren't dating yet in real life. No. But, but um, unfortunately, yeah. he would introduce her to all sorts of supplements, and she would work out and lose that baby face and <laughs> start being all oddly muscular. Yeah, yeah. I'm, wait, hold on. Am I critiquing somebody? This sounds weird. I uh, love you, Stephanie McMahon. I love everything you've done. Congratulations on your body and fitness cover magazine. I appreciate. Look, it. I I love Stephanie McMahon too. Triple H can make I no really wrong. Do love her. Can make no. Wrong oh, decisions. that's what it comes back to for you. Okay. No, just in general. That's just what it is. <laughs> but um, okay. So we had what well, for me was the worst match of the night because and here's the thing: Undertaker was injured, man. Okay. Undertaker was injured. This was weird. Um, the whole thing felt weird. Discombobulated. Well, didn't he, flow. He well, yeah, because they couldn't go. Well, that so this was basically Saudi Arabia twenty years beforehand. Mm. Um, With Kane and the Undertaker. And in order, in terms of like not being able to perform up to the level that you would expect to see Taker perform. Yeah, like it was. Take like he was injured. Like he would be gone after this, which is why weird when they put the belts on him. It was like, why did he put the belts on him? I actually liked Kane and X-Pac as a tag team. It reminded me of uh, Kane and RVD uh, like this, four or five years later. This was his first uh, face run as well. That's when he had the black and red. That's when, you know, that's his face. His face oh, and this was this was my exposure to Kane talking with the yep. mouthpiece. That was yep. cool. I that actually I understand why it was over. Yep, it was super over. So it, it's kind of weird to go back because like these were like big cornerstone. Like Livewire was mm-hmm. the big thing that you watch on a Saturday morning at like 11 o'clock. Um, and they would usually focus on they focus on three things: whatever Kane was doing, whatever Austin was doing, and Stephanie McMahon. Interesting. And that's how they package basically the show to you um, around this time. So, you know, yeah, it was super over. Interesting. But look, it, it sucked. It was not a good match. Um, yeah. No. I, I mean, I thought X Pac looked great. Oh he yeah, but he, the best. He went when he was in his prime. He threw the best spinning heel kick out of anybody. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. That's um, my personal opinion. Absolutely. So I guess up next we had this weird match that I just did not get. <laughs> I like the Rocks promo. Uh, I thought the Rocks promo was great at the beginning of the pay per view. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so this kind of goes back to Billy Gunn winning the King of the Ring. Right. And The Rock kind of just being, you know, needing something to do. He, you know, he, he was he was the de facto next big star, but it was The Rock and Austin. That, sorry, it was Triple H and Austin that were there in his way. So basically, once Austin gets injured, which he actually is injured now, that's why he lost the belt. Um hmm. So yeah, it's like a lot of these guys are injured. So this is kind of like the crossover period before we start getting the new stars. Um. So yeah, it it was time. It was filler, but it was good. It filler. was. It, it was. Yeah, it was. 
I don't have too much to comment on. Honestly, I kind of watched this one the same way. I don't even know if we talked about the tag team turmoil nonsense. Did we talk mm-hmm. about that? I blanked out. Yeah, we did. Yeah, oh, was, we did. Okay. Yeah. Well, apparently I missed it because literally that's how little I cared about it. There were like seven tag teams in this thing and I just nothing for me. And that's how I felt about the Rock versus Billy Gunnett. It was 10 minutes on my TV screen and it was over. I got a question. Why did yeah. this work for Billy Gunn and fail for Ken Anderson? Heyman. Heyman? Did you say Heyman? No, I said, how do, you mean, how do you mean? How do I mean? Yeah. Oh, well, when Mr. Anderson, or yeah, that was his name. When he went to uh, TNA, he did the whole like, I'm an asshole gimmick and it didn't, it didn't work. But for yeah. Billy Gunn, this, the, people loved him. People loved this gimmick or loved to hate it at times. But I mean, there, it got a great reaction where Ken Anderson, it just was like, all right, after two years of listening to you tell us that you're an asshole, we get it. We don't care anymore. I think they loved it until like they loved this gimmick up until they didn't. And okay. the, the Rock basically buries this almost completely dead. Well, it does get buried, but I'm saying I feel like it worked better for Billy Gunn than it would work 16 years later for Mr. Kennedy slash Mr. Anderson. But I think there's a difference between saying you're a lover of asses and a mm. asshole. Well, you know? I don't I don't know. You put a comma in the theme song and you're calling yourself an ass man. <laughs> right? I mean that you could decipher it that way. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Um but yeah, look. This was filler. Uh, for me, the pay-per-view was over with the Greenwich Street fight. And, it was, uh, it was. So what did you think of the main event? Uh, you know, it happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? Okay, so- here's, here's, what, here's what I thought of it. Um, I love Jesse Ventura. Yes. I hate that he doesn't get along with Vince McMahon, so we don't get to see him in WWE um, anymore, really. And also, he's got his own grievances with him i think he's he's been trying to set up a union for a while which is mm. the reason he's not really welcome back in WWE, yeah. which is hysterical also he spends half of the year down in mexico on his cannabis farm so there's that but point being i just think that governor jesse ventura being you know a guest referee at this match i just I, I just loved it all i mean obviously he wasn't governor at the time but just i just, just he was governor at the time Oh, he was at the time. Oh, that was, was during his. This was during his presidential run. Was no, Trump he, on the ticket with him in two thousand? I'm not too sure, but at this point, he was because he was, he was, he, was this, he was running as an independent after he was done governor. I'm now talking crazy U.S. politics. People are gonna be like, "What? Why'd you bring him up?" So I'm this, just gonna skip over it. But yeah. I'm gonna look up that card while we're we're doing this. Yeah, at this point, he was the governor. Um, but what do you think? Uh, like. Uh, Obviously, Austin had to drop the belt because he was injured. So that's why Mankind pinned Austin, and that was it. So then the very next night, we'd have Triple H uh, win his first title against the, the Mankind, and it would set up the rest of the year. But um, yeah, so that's look. What would you give the show overall, Dave? Uh, yeah, there was so much I loved about it that overall, huh, I have to give it a B because I didn't think the last two matches performed up to par and you kind of, but there's a, there's an old Mitch Hedberg joke about how uh, comedy can't be like pancakes. I'm going to say it this way too, that wrestling can't be like pancakes, all great at first and you hate them by the time you're finished with them. Mm. Like that, that's kind of how I felt about this show. It was great at first and then 
not so great not 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 so great and uh, yeah like i think because of end. because of how good the test shane mcmahon match was everyone was kind of done by the end of it but you know a fun show i would say if you haven't seen it it's definitely one of the best pay-per-views you can see from start to finish but it teeters off there near the end did you mind um mankind winning no i thought it was great as a kid i was very upset but and real now it makes sense you were very upset yeah yeah um it makes sense now and in you know 21 years later i'm kind of happy that he got that transitional that transitional run uh and then what they do with it the night after is really good too so you know we'll talk about that maybe uh when we're looking at unforgiven 1999 but um yeah that's gonna do it for this edition of the rewind guys because we've almost run out of time here on phoenix 92.5 fm so, Dave, is there anything you want to plug before we wrap up? Yes, absolutely. Um, I desperately need you all to save Dave. I need followers on Twitter, okay? Uh, my, my hashtag, my hashtag, it's at Stevens. Please follow me. Please, I beg you. I'm yeah, going to drop follow under Dave. 500. Follow Dave, Dave, exactly. Follow me, save Dave. So, guys, yeah, you can go over to Nerd to Know Media and get all of our shows. They're all our content we do show every single day of the week. We will kind of iron out our times now um, going forward. But uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, the Wrestling Rewind, and the True Penny Channel. Bye, guys. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. 